0: Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live on Sky
1: Sports.
2: And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Logan with you through to five this evening. This is Football Saturday. Remember, football on Off The Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off the Ball. We're streaming the conversation as well. You can listen on News Talk. Also, watch us on the digital and social channels for Periscope on Twitter, at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. Joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland defender Damien Delaney, and in studio here by the co Ramblers manager Shane Keegan. Shane, you had an interesting uh, evening. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night maybe talk to us through
0: it yeah interesting is one way of putting it alright John um, yeah look we, we very nearly pulled off a fantastic result um, gut wrenching in the end we were playing Galway who were second in the in the table we're kind of still clinging on to hopes of, of still trying to get first um, and we got about Gave a fantastic performance, so we did. To be fair, we we arguably could have been 3-0 three down, three nil down in the first 10 minutes, but after the first 10, we were excellent and uh, found ourselves 1-0 ahead when we got to the 90th minute. And, and
2: not in a normal circumstance, it was an incredible no, goal. No, quite a goal, all
0: right, yeah. Um, young Dara uh, scored a, scored a Dar screamer. a O'Connell, is it? Yeah, yeah. Dara's a great fella. He's, he's, he's a left footer, he plays left wing back for us there, so he does. Uh, he actually scored a brilliant free kick for us only a few weeks ago as well, but... I think he himself would even admit there was a little bit of an element of luck in this one. Um, he's striking it from the halfway line. Um, look, it is, you know, it's that cross-come-shot area, let's call it, although it's probably more of a cross than a shot. And uh, whatever way he connects with it, it just sails and sails and clocks in straight off the under part of the crossbar. It was a, you know, get a look at it on Twitter. It's worth worth a look, even if it was accidental. It's a, it's a, it's a strange-looking goal. Um, but yeah, we get to the 90th minute and... Somehow we used to. The referee has managed to find six minutes of injury time, and Sod's law. Then ninety-fifth minute, they managed to get an equaliser. But um, not. It was a good night overall. Really, really good performance by our lads. We've been showing kind of signs of recent of of really looking to be kind of moving in the right direction. That was the same again last night. Even if it was, as I say, a bit, little bit heartbreaking to so concede. N- not that much manner. you can say then, really, in the dressing
2: room to the lads.
0: No, 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 I had a little bit of a, a little bit of a, pot. we we'd a throw, look Damien will know, kind of, I'm sure at his level it wouldn't have happened, we had a throw down by our corner flag in like the 94th or 95th minute and somehow, I, I felt it should have been easy to throw it to the centre forward and for him to sit on the ball and just run down the clock but we somehow managed to make a mess of it and give away a goal kick very, very quickly when I thought we could have run down the rest of the clock and they go and lump the ball up the field from the goal kick and create a goal-scoring chance and equalise. So I was a little bit angry at that. Um, but on the grand scheme of things, look, it's, the, the performance was really, really satisfying. So we, we we certainly have to take the positives from that.
1: Damien, great to talk to you again. you keeping well? Hi, right, lads. You? Yeah, keeping really well. Um, just listening to Shane's story there. I don't envy him. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad it's stuff like that because it's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. It's I suppose the only thing you can say there is that Sooner or later you'll be getting a 95th minute winner and then, then it's the complete opposite. So um, it's tough and uh, fair play to you. I just don't envy it because it's, it's it's soul destroyed.
2: And Cork City doing well as well, Damien. They're looking like they're probably going to be promoted.
1: Yeah, doing really well. Colin Healy's doing a fantastic job there. I've got a really young squad um, and he really has a motivated, organised. Um, and look, promotion looks likely. It's not over the line yet. I know Colin wouldn't, um, wouldn't thank me for saying that because he'll be reiterating to a squad that it's not done till it's done but they have a big week next week um, up in Galway I think it is and uh, you know they have a chance to seal it really but you know nothing silly and I think they should just get her over the line
0: I was saying here um on the show a couple of weeks ago Damien it, it would actually be a huge help to us for Cork City to go up Because you know You don't want your Near mm. neighbours Shopping in the same supermarket yeah. As you. you know If they go yeah. up They'll have the bigger budget And they'll be after Such yeah. a high standard of player That it might help In terms of, of Our own ability Maybe to, to get a couple Of their younger boys in You know that, that, That's how it works Down there isn't it
1: Yeah absolutely And and, and I suppose You know in, in a weird way It is good for you Because you know There's lots of lads there Might not be able to play In the league There might be squad players And they get a chance To go to Cove And it's handy for them too So yeah Absolutely I agree with you there
2: uh, so obviously, folks, uh, no games in England or Scotland this weekend as a mark of respect following the death of Queen Elizabeth II. But plenty of talking points for us to go through, and also last night in the Premier Division. So we'd Bohemians losing maybe unexpectedly, mm. and we'd uh, Derry City winning. So uh, Rovers, a lot of game in hands. Is is there a title race yet, or is it going to be Rovers? You know, no, I, I I think Rovers should still manage to to take care
0: of things reasonably comfortably. Um, Definitely not a, you know, for Dundalk or Derry, really for Dundalk or Derry to try and reel Rovers in now, they've, they've pretty much got to go and win every single game that they've got near enough from now to the end of the season um, when you can when you add in the points that Rovers are likely to pick up. So, I mean, Dundalk losing to UCD last night, you know, that's almost a, a final nail in their coffin. Very good result for Derry, all right. I don't know if you've seen, you should get a look at Michael Duffy's goal online. Absolute cracker. Absolute cracker. And it just showed if if they could have had him all season, um, John, he's he's pretty much you missed the entire season almost and a fully fit Michael Duffy is near enough probably only you know there's probably only Jack Byrne Andy Lyons maybe better than him in the league when he when he is fully fit I mean when we had him at Dundalk when he was flying you know he was really knocking on the door of the full squad and, and Stephen was there was I think Stephen did call him in at one stage and he had to pull out then with injury Um, but it was an unbelievable goal and a fully fit him if they can have him you know really firing on all cylinders next year that should give them a right good chance but no it's it's stick Michael Duffy's name into into Twitter there and get had a look at his goal from last night, it's a cracker.
2: Yeah, Derry City won, Bohemians nil, Drogheda nil, St. Pat's two, Shelburne nil, Sligo Rovers two, and UCD three, Dundalk two in the uh, Premier Division last night. In the first division, Athlone Town two, Wexford nil, Covamblers Ramblers one, Galway United one, as you said, Treaty United two, Bray Wanderers one, and Waterford one, Cork City two. Do you have a read, Damien, on the Premier Division this season, what you've seen?
1: Um, yeah, I've, I've watched the games that have been on the TV on, on, on Friday nights there, um, and I uh, keep track of the scores on Friday evening, but Uh, Rovers have have obviously been the dominant team, but I'm I'm glad that that Derry have have made a game of it because now, you know, if Rovers do get a touch distracted, being playing on a a, a Thursday night, you know, when they have a lot of their games, maybe Sunday or Monday, I think it might be. So, you know, there'll be a certain amount of pressure on them because with Derry in the position that they're in, they have to win those games now. If Derry didn't win those games, then there's an element of, like, it's fine, you know, we can just keep tipping away and, and Derry rolls with arm's length. Well, you know, if they lose one and Derry win one, then all of a sudden it's it's it can get very very awkward for them trying to split their attention two ways. So look, it fabulous to be a it promised to be a fabulous running and I'm glad that Derry have have, have made a league of it
2: it shows why Rory Higgins is so well rated by Stephen Kenny doesn't it yeah he's 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 a cracking fella so he is a, a really really good fella he, I was
0: lucky enough when I, when I landed into Dundalk uh, Rory was there and he was he was probably the one that took me under his wing the most to be honest and helped yeah. me settle in he's, he's just a, a really really great fella and uh, I think I was saying to you before we were doing a little bit of my, my first week at, at Dundalk would you believe was a, was a week out in Portugal for pre-season so I was literally meeting everybody for the first time out there and um Higgs was doing a bit of running at the time, so that two was us had off for a bit of a run in the, the the weather and just talk soccer going around. You could just talk football with him all day long. He's 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 a brilliant fella. I, I have no doubt he's. I've no, I, I I, think they could have made a right battle of it this year as I say if Michael Duffy had been fit all year but I think next year with a couple more you and know, the money and the money the money will help the money will help that's for sure there's no shortage of it there as we're aware their, uh, their owner Philip Doherty he made a, an absolute killing from selling his business so there's no shortage there and you're going to need it to try and, and keep tabs with, with Rovers because between the investment at Rovers and the money they have and, and also the, sales. the money out of players yeah. exactly yeah. the sales are, are colossal I mean the Andy Lyons one again it looks like they're going to make a, a nice few quid out of it so it does I was just wondering from from the games you've seen this day, this season Damien that you've been covering has has there been any, any particular players over the course of the season that have caught your eye?
1: Andy Lyons believe it or <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah. Um, yeah funnily enough I think when he was at Bowes I bumped into him once I was up doing some work in Dublin I was just wandering around um, uh, kind of Henry Street kind of area I think he's from around that way maybe and he just kind of in fairness to me came up and said hey who are you and he introduced himself and and I think he was at Bowles at the time. And I and, and enjoyed chatting to him. and saying to me at the time there was a chance of him going over to Crystal Palace maybe or, or something along those lines for a trial or something. And, um, you know, I was seriously impressed with him, you know what I mean? He's well able to, to handle himself, all the conversation, uh, the right kind of confident. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, that kid's going to do okay if he can play because he seemed to have a really nice way about him. Uh, and as I said, the correct amount of confidence um, so I've obviously kept an eye on him since since our chance encounter that day, and um, he's been brilliant. I'm delighted to see him go over now, and all that talk he was giving to me there near Henry Street. He gets a chance to put it into action now over in England. There really,
0: well, we were saying here the last year. There, there really aren't very many examples of of inverted wing backs, Damien. Are there like at any level? You go through. Obviously, Joe Cancelo is the the one that sticks out, but there aren't. You don't see it very very often. And he's been a revelation doing it for them there
1: you know what that's a testament to that because it's not a traditional like most kids learn positions when they're growing up that you know they're fairly standard center back number six whatever it may be that's a new position right so there's an awful lot of thinking and concentration um and i suppose in-game understanding and an awful lot of feel required and as i said that, that's a testament to him that he's able to listen to the manager and the manager is able to explain his ideas adequately and he's able to take it on board and implement it perfectly um, and I tell you, that's a, an underrated skill um, over in the UK or in any league, I suppose, really. But when he goes over there, he might be asked to play different roles. And if he can learn several different positions, and I always felt like that. You know, early on in my career, I spent a lot of time playing left back, left side of three centre-backs. I, I had a season or two playing as a number six. Believe it or not, I had half a season playing as an eight, you know, um, down the divisions when I was at Hull. Um, and I always felt that if you can learn positions, if there was a hole somewhere, a manager would always get you in the team. And that's all you ever wanted to be. Um, I think a lot of players, uh, maybe not pigeonhole themselves, but a lot of players learn how to play one position and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody comes in who's doing a good job and the manager's like, well, he's doing better than you, I can't get you in somewhere. If you can understand football and you understand different positions, managers will always, if you're a good character, which he obviously is, and you you bring a good ethos and an energy and a winning mentality to a team, a manager will always go, Do you know, what? we're better with you in the team so I'm going to try and get you in the team. Now, I have someone else to play here, but you know what? I'm going to get you in somewhere else. Mm. So I always made it my kind of mission, really, to learn a lot of positions. And whenever I was in team meetings and listening to managers or on the pitch doing doing, doing team shape, when managers were talking to other players about other positions, I always listened. You know, you often find a lot of players who think, well, he's talking to the right winger and I'm a left back. It's not really anything to do with me. And the, the, their mind wanders, you know. But they always stayed focused and dialed in. And, 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 and you pick up little bits and you understand it. And then one day you get asked to play a certain position, and if you have a basic understanding of it, you can you can, you can pull it off. Um, so that's a testament to him, and, and that's one of the most underrated skills for me is an ability to take information on board and apply it. Um, I know that sounds really – Shane, you'll understand. It sounds really simplistic. You know, it sounds like something that everyone should be able to do. I tell you, it's pretty rare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Interesting that you know you just picked Andy out there, Damien, as somebody who's impressed you in the League of Ireland. So in the Premier League, who's impressed you? Well, I'm thinking the, the two that impressed me have been Haaland and Richarlison. Uh, who, who have you picked out so far this season?
1: Oh, geez, you put me in a the spot there. And obviously, ha- Haaland, is, Haaland is, is 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 the obvious one um, that that you know his pace and power. He's come in and done everything that we'd we'd expect him to do. Um, I really like um, Luis uh, at, at Liverpool. Um, uh, Luis uh, D- Diaz Luis Diaz yeah sorry uh, they popped out there um, I really like him you know a team that's, that's that's seriously lacking energy looks extremely fatigued. He's the one guy that, uh, that that seems to be bringing an awful lot of energy and performances that seems to be of a reasonable standard. Um, so I'm impressed with him that he's able to kind of separate himself from the, the problems or the, the the feeling that seems to be around Liverpool at the moment and, and seems to be able to deliver um, an energy that Liverpool are looking for.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about maybe Sean McCrover's bit later on in their European Odyssey. But um, whether it's Klopp not getting enough support from FSG or um, the staleness or maybe not being able to play with that intensity, what can you put your finger on, Damien, as to why it's yeah. gone a bit stale at the moment at Liverpool?
1: Well, look, there's, 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 there's obviously lots of schools of thought on this. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the simplest one for me is. Is, you know, when, when they opened the season against Fulham, I was kind of debating with with, with a friend of mine whether they were overcooked or, or undercooked, right. you know, and I was kind of wondering, you know, did he have a, a, a mild pre-season in anticipation for the big year coming up? Did he not work them as hard and he, he, he kind of was under the, the impression that they might build into the season, especially when you look at their early fixtures, that they kind of pick up speed as they went, you um, but I think the more I'm looking at it now, I think they're overcooked. They really do look like they, they, they've been working very, very hard. Um, and it's amazing when, when, when a player is tired, you know, mentally is the first thing that will go. Their, their, their concentration levels will drop. And there's so many of the Liverpool players now just look fatigued. Um, you know, they, that team has been on the road for three or four years, 60, 70 games a season, I think it's just early on in the season, it's almost like standing at the, you know, at base camp at Everest, and you're looking up at, and you're like, "Geez, we can't climb it again." Whereas if you kind of get them to three quarters up the mountain, the incentive of trophies, the incentive of, of of the big European nights, the knockout stages, you know, the lights come on, all that can reinvigorate a player. But unfortunately, you got to shovel a, or you know, shovel a certain amount of. Um, I don't know what the word of I mean for that is, but <laughs> <Snowf>. snow. <laughs> you know, put, in the, put in the foundations um, and, and to get yourself in those positions for, for come February. And I think that's probably what it is with a lot of those players. It's just standing at base camp thinking, oh, man, do we have to go through all this again? The drudgery of picking up three points, the the pressure of it. Um, and, I, and I'm looking at Klopp and you're kind of thinking of solutions It's very, very hard, if not impossible, to roll back if if your team is overcooked. Um, You know, I know with the the postponement of fixtures here, Klopp will probably actually be thinking, that's if he's willing to, to, if that is the problem, if he's willing to recognise it. I know a lot of managers think, nope, they're not, I'm going to keep working them. Um, But he needs to figure out something. And then I suppose if you go to a more deeper, more technical level, you kind of look at, you know, their style has changed uh, over the last maybe 18 months, you know, with the, the kind of addition of Thiago, Um, I I certainly felt that Liverpool under there was an awful lot of forward balls played, an awful lot of almost blind balls by Henderson spun around the corner into channels, you know the front three would lock it in, they'd win the ball back up the pitch and they created an environment where it was very very difficult to to survive Um, and I think then they kind of drifted from that and they've gone through more of a kind of a patient build up, not quite as, as severe as what Man City are with their ball retention but they just seem to be recycling the ball and just waiting and probing. And I'm not sure they have enough players. And then, obviously, if you lose the one player that can give you all that in terms of Thiago, now you're looking at the midfield. has got James Milner. And the team isn't just primed just to, to, to pump ball forwards. I think I remember one year when I was playing and looked at Liverpool. Statistically, they played an enormous amount of, of long balls. You know, balls that were like longer than, say, 25 or 30 metres um, and everyone thought, well, they're not long balls, they're long passes. When you look at it a lot of time they were, they were blind balls. I think Henderson getting the ball off Trent and just whipping it around the corner, you know, over the left back's head and Salah would chase it and all of a sudden they'd create carnage. Um, so I suppose that from a technical point of view, he's, he's moved away from that heavy metal football that, 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 that we've come accustomed to see with him. Um, and I suppose if you do that and you haven't got an alternative to Alcantara, um, it can get very, very uh, out of shape very, very quickly.
2: And defensively as well, uh, Joe Gomez struggled the other night. Trent Alexander-Arnold has been consistently questioned for his defensive play, and Van Dijk doesn't look as imperious as he has been.
1: Yeah, he's definitely one that looks um, overcooked to me. He looks seriously, seriously tired. If you watch him playing, everything is reactionary. Right, everything it's happening, and then he's reacting. And that's not what he's about. You know, he's not a blood and guts defender. He's not like a, a, a Vidic or a Martinez that's coming to, to, to Man United. This, this guy is a reader, two steps ahead of everybody else. You know, goes in at, at halftime with, with a clean pair of shorts on him. And uh, I suppose if your concentration levels drop off even a couple of percent and you're a reader of the game, all of a sudden you're reacting. And I promise you, if you're reacting at that level, you're done. It's over. You're not getting back um like ordinarily van dyke deals with situations and we always think oh there wasn't even a problem there because he was sliding into position or was was where he was needed to be um so he's become very very reactionary um and unfortunately he hasn't got the the aggression or the, the, the tackling ability or any tackling ability because he's obviously a guy that doesn't tackle really or make contact and i suppose when he's reacting it looks terrible
2: so when you say he's done, you know, can he get it back? Or are we, like, done, done?
1: Um, no, not done. Jesus, absolutely. No, no. I mean, he, he, he looks spent almost, you know what I mean? Right. Um, I suppose, look, we've as a player, we've I've often been caught in situations like that where you just feel down on yourself. You don't have the energy. You're just a little bit, like, maybe your testosterone levels have dropped a little bit and you're, you're not quite right. But I suppose the important thing is just to keep going. And often it's just one thing happens or one good thing happens for you. And, and sometimes it can be as simple as that. But you've got to keep doing the right things. Keep training as well as you possibly can. Keep doing your, your prehabilitation, your, your your post-training workout, getting your sleep, your food right. And often, like I often find sometimes when you're kind of caught in a slump You know, you try to make a pass and you'd almost get it wrong, but it ends up being a great pass and you get a round of applause from the crowd and you kind of go, oh, hang on a minute. And then there's just a little bit of life comes into you and you get yourself going again. Um, That really, I mean, I know a lot of people will be listening and they'll say to me, how can he be tired? He's just had a summer off. But it's a mental fatigue as opposed to a physical uh, fatigue. Like I said, these guys have been on the road for a long, long time. International games in the summer, international window coming up. They're not going to get a break. Till probably next summer and that's why I use the kind of the, the, the base camp at Everest analogy because they know that they're in this till probably the end of May um, that's a long time um, so look I hope they snap out a bit I hope the manager can somehow motivate the players I hope the manager can get them going can reinvigorate themselves like I said I think this will be a, a blessing in disguise uh, maybe not blessed, that's the wrong term to use with, with the Queen dying but maybe for for, for him as a manager a, a kind of a, a good thing that he can maybe give his players a few days of a rest um, and and, uh, and and come back next week and, and get them going
2: Yeah now fascinating thoughts uh, from Damien on Liverpool Liberal fans 53106 you want to get involved with a question or a comment Yeah I, I
0: completely agree with Damien in terms of them it's amazing that When you consider the millions of pounds that are spent in sports science departments now and the amount of personnel that are in sports science departments now that you can have a situation where, what are we, a little over a half a dozen games into a season and we're talking about a team looking tired. Now, again, as Damien says, it's as much mental as it is physical, but there, I, I some, there's something, they have got something wrong there. They definitely have got something wrong in terms of, of their lead-in. They shouldn't look neither physically nor mentally drained six, seven games into a, into a league season. And I think there's definitely going to be question marks ad, asked there in the background. Now, the one thing I'd caveated with, John, is... Um, I remember reading at the time about uh, Liverpool's of uh, Klopp when they brought him in at at first. Um, Edwards was still there; he was still the key decision maker at Liverpool at the time. Um, and they went to meet Klopp to to to, sc- to explain to him why they thought he was the ideal person for the job and all of that. And what part of their sales pitch was that Edwards start talking to Klopp about? Um, you know people think that your Dortmund side haven't performed as well well we've looked at the underlying numbers and we can see from the underlying numbers that you should have been way higher in the league than you should and a lot of things haven't gone in your favour and all of that kind of thing so they were looking into more than just the result and if you do the same with Liverpool at the moment now I'll leave the Napoli game to one side they were just awful against Napoli and deservedly were absolutely battered in that game but previous to that like all of the numbers around the Everton game show that they should have won the game against Everton. All of the numbers around the game against Manchester United show that they should have won the game against Manchester United. Like, if if you have five points there that they have gone missing, all of a sudden things don't look half as bad as they are at the moment. So I wouldn't be jumping... I think they have had a little bit of of bad luck um, and then as as Damien has said you have the, the Thiago thing um, I, I wouldn't be pressing alarm buttons yet really to be quite honest about I suppose we're talking
2: about titles here and we're talking about Liverpool being very close to win the title last season went to the final day and these are the points you're just slipping away to Manchester City and that's the issue when people talk about title True. contenders you're now more talking to them as a, as a team that will get in the top four but, but, but John to be honest about it I would have at the start of the
0: season if you would ask me what's the best Liverpool can hope for this year I would have said distant second to City and what do I think is the best they can achieve now? Distant second to City. I, I don't see how they could possibly have mixed it with City this year. We had the best team in the world, signed the best player in the world. There was only one outcome. In like, I know it's not quite that simple. That it maybe it just not was just gel like that. But when you're Haaland and you're City, it does just gel just like that.
1: Damien, do, do you know? Do you know Shane? If like we're talking about the sports science people and 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 and, and fellas behind the scene, like you'd wonder what kind of manager Klopp is. You know, if you were a sports scientist or a, a strength and conditioning or whatever it may be and, and you've got all the readouts of all the numbers and and, and the heart rates and the zones players are getting into the, the whole nine yards and you go and see Klopp do you think he's a manager that would sit down and look at that or like would he just say hey, get that out of my face man you know these lads need to be worked he, he, and I know people would say like well why, why do you bother employing them and stuff like that but I mean you take some serious courage Klopp's a big man I, I, I've seen him um, like to walk into his office with a with, you know, printout of paper and say look the lads are working too hard I mean It's an awkward one, that. I mean, you're the manager. I mean, I know you're supposed to trust your staff and stuff, but... It's an awkward one for a fitness coach,
0: you know. Yeah, it's 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 actually good timing on it, Damien. I know this definitely wouldn't be everybody's cup of tea, but I've, I've literally just finished a book by a, a journalist, Rory Smith, a book called Expected Goals, which is basically about... That the, thing, that yeah, XG thing. There you are, there ah. you are. It's about the the whole rise of stats over the last two decades or so, so it is. And again, that's why it's fresh in my mind about, about um, Edwards and I'm approaching Klopp. And they say in the book, Edwards says in the book that one of the reasons that... that Klopp from the outside looks like this all-knowing, all-confident manager, but that really they found he was completely and utterly open to looking at the numbers, looking at the data, taking other people's opinions on board, even though from the outside looking at him... I don't know. I, I would imagine he's you know. Is that for, not
1: just when the data is good shit? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves good data, but bad data seems to slip through. Correct, things,
0: things. correct, one hundred percent. yeah. so yeah. Look, if you're uh, if you're you're the guy with the laptop, as 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 Damien says, if you're the guy with the laptop and the laptop says one thing and 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 Jorgen says another thing, there's only going to be one winner between Jorgen and the laptop. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm
2: the Luddite in this conversation, so. Um, but Pep Linders has an important role to play then, surely, as a buffer. He's getting nothing but a view. Apparently, it's all his fault for writing the right. book, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, solutions, Damien? Are there easy any easy solutions? Because, obviously, the transfer windows closed now.
1: I suppose for, for, this is where Klopp's got to earn his, his, his corn, really, and, and motivate the players, you know, engage with them, get them believing again, you know. It might, might not be the, the stick, it might not be the carrot, but he's got to get into their souls again and re-motivate them. And, and whatever his technique is for motivating players, he's got to make them believe, you know, that it's worth it. Put the hard yards in now and, and those February nights, you know, the League Cup final is, is around that time, the knockout stages of the Champions League, all the good bit that we're all looking forward to. You know, we just have to get through this period. Um, and that's why these managers get paid such huge money because that's what they're good at. They need to be able to motivate their players. Uh, or re-motivate them if they're lacking so that's where he gets his, um, his 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 money as far as I'm concerned
0: If they are looking for upsides Damien um, Harvey Elliott has been very good he he looks yeah, like yeah. he's going to be a serious footballer doesn't he?
1: Yeah absolutely but he's developing you know what I mean I mean bringing Harvey Elliott into the Liverpool team maybe last year would have been great mm. but asking him to to, yeah. to kind of carry pick up yeah. the club and go do you know what everyone's lacking here Milner's struggling Hey, everyone's struggling can you carry us no he might well do, but it's a big ask for a kid. You know, the kids just be kind of tidying up around the edges, learning, developing. Um, in, in in a team that's doing really well, it's 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 very difficult for young kids to to kind of carry the weight of a football club, especially the size of Liverpool. But he's done great, and he just needs to keep doing his thing. And hopefully, the team kicks into gear.
2: Yeah, Carvalho the same. I suppose we haven't seen yet yet, have we? You know, really. Well, we got one. We got one yeah. glimpse of him. We <laughs> haven't seen, say, six months of him, or if he's going to work out or not. We don't know yet, really.
0: Yeah, look, even just the extra option of, of a quality player there when, when when they're all available will be a big, big help to them as well. But he certainly looks a handful. Um, mm. Now look, the fact that his first proper physical test and the first time anybody's given him a bit of niggle, he's gone and reacted. You can be 100% sure he is going to get that every week from now on and every centre half is going to fancy their chances of, of winding him up. So that wasn't the cleverest move to react so quickly there. But he does look like he has something about him, that's for sure. Did yeah. you and want any
1: defenders, sorry, Damian? No, oh, but that, that could be the, that something like Nunes come back in team could be the catalyst, you know what I mean? There's a lot of players that are kind of feeling sorry for themselves or aren't, things aren't quite working. Like, you look at someone like Erling Haaland, you know, if you're feeling tired as a Man City player and all of a sudden he walks through the door and starts doing what he's doing, hmm. that's going to breathe. The team Because we're going places... But it just seems to be a bit of kind of self-pity around Liverpool at the moment. But if he can come back in and get into the type of form of that, um, that 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 Haaland is, a, I mean, not that type of form, but reasonable form, a lot of the players might just think, oh, hang on a minute. And, and that's why you need to refresh your squad so that staleness comes out. So, look, Nunes is there. I think Luis Diaz is doing really well. Um, maybe Thiago will come back in the team. They can get themselves going again.
2: Were you somebody to wind up defenders? Uh, sorry, forwards, uh, Demi?
1: No, no, not really. I, I, it wasn't really my thing because, like, I always think concentration is a is an important part, and, and also if you're. I always used to, when when they used to get under my skin, I used to hate it. When I, I lost concentration, I got involved in, in things that I shouldn't get involved in because then that's when mistakes happen and that's when you kind of get caught in position and, and or maybe you don't help someone else because you're sorting out your own problem, your issue, your centre forward, and you probably should be covering someone else. But no, not particularly. But listen, if it happened in the flow of the game, then obviously you don't shy away from it. And a lot of centre forwards... Would you didn't go looking to, for
2: it, I suppose, is what you're saying.
1: No, I didn't go looking for it. But if, 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 they, were, if they were kind of... If they were looking for it, you wouldn't turn it down. But um, I'd always remember just staying focused, staying concentrated, Remember about that. Um, and then if you've got a chance to leave one on someone, you've got a free hit, then you would do, obviously.
2: OK, Damien Delaney and Shane Keegan on Football Saturday, 5 3 6 7 Dyke looks bad because he's got no confidence in Gomez as one of our textures, And I think the Liverpool players are nearly minding themselves for the World Cup in December, there's another of our textures. Well, a lot of those Liverpool players are not going to the World Cup. And thinking of Mo Salah, Andy Robertson, off the top of my head, just in terms of the golf uh, at Wentworth, the BMW PGA Championship, uh, Soren Kjelsen and Victor Hovland out in front on 12 under par, both in the clubhouse in this 54-hole event. Now uh, they're a shot ahead of uh, Thomas De Tree of uh, Belgium. Rory McIlroy is making a move. Uh, he's now gone to 8 under par through 11 holes, 4 under for his round today in a tie for 10th. Shane Larry in a tie for 19th on 7 under par through 10 holes. We're back with Football Saturday after this. 53106 for any text you may have or any comments or questions.
1: Off the ball. It's actually quite an ugly game um, from spectator's point of view, but I think that the whole of Ireland doesn't really care.
2: <laughs> Subscribe now to the OTB Football podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.
0: Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports.
2: And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five this evening. This is Football Saturday. Remember, Football on Off the Ball brought to you by Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. You can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off the Ball, listen on your radio on news talk across Ireland. Watch us as well. On the digital and social channels for Periscope and Twitter, at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. Delighted to be joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland and Crystal Palace defender Damien Delaney and the Cove Ramblers boss Shane Keegan who's in studio between now and five. No football as we know in the UK following the death of Queen Elizabeth II, but plenty of talking points. 53106, uh, Andy Robertson had a great relationship with Mane, where uh, Diaz seems to be more individual. Elliot takes too much out of the ball instead of feeding Salah quicker, says Mike in Kerry. Uh, I saw Dimitri Payet's free kick against Palace again recently. Can you ask Damien Delaney if it's true that somebody in the Palace wall shed a "Cheerio" at the ball as it sailed over the wall before dipping in? Says Paul in Cork.
1: Yeah, that might have been me. <laughs> 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 um, that was that was the most um, that was the most freakish thing I've ever I've, I've ever seen on the foot. It, it felt like it hit like a glass ceiling and came back down again. Like I used to always I used to always be in the wall right and you always know when a when ball gets hit right and it's going over the wall, you always know when it's got a chance because it just, you know, you can just tell by the feel of the flight of the ball or whatever way he hits it, like, um, you can always tell, like, oh, we're in trouble here. This is going to be good. But he hit that right and, and I actually took a step forward thinking that's going to the top row to stand and I think I think I said something like, that's good, you know, I, and I, I, I turned around and it was like something hit it midway and it just dipped straight down it almost came down at like a, I don't know, like a 30 degree angle where it went up and came back down again it was incredible um, I don't know how he did it uh, or or what but it was I don't know what happened with it but it was one of the most bizarre things that I've seen I've never seen a ball react like that ever
0: Roberto Carlos that's the only other one yeah, I can yeah, remember that yeah. that, that, that yeah. looked like it was going completely in one direction but that was some strike that day I really really I remember watching it at the time and thinking with the Payette one how has he even done that like there's been one or two Ronaldo ones in fairness back through the years as well where he uh, remember when he first it was invented a that against, I think it knuckle ball. yeah yeah when he first invented that old knuckleball strike um, yeah dude it, 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 it's a beaut when they pull them off
1: I, 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 I was raging because we were one it <laughs> up and I scored and I, well, that's the end of me then right? <laughs> <laughs> your glory was gone <laughs> I was on, I got about five minutes of enjoying myself and up to a park <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah he kind of disappeared at of the English game didn't he uh, Dimitri Piot? Um went back to France and he went, went to play for Marseille And um, we, you got an image did you, you sent an image into our producer Shane of uh, was it Damien Do we get the image up on the screen oh uh, yeah uh, I, I, uh, Diego
0: Costa we got say, I was looking at the talking points for the show and that we were going to talk about Diego Costa and the next thing I, I noticed Mr Delaney uh, having a little encounter with Diego Costa I was just wondering what was happening on this occasion Damien I don't
2: know if you can see the yeah. image Damien but um, it's yeah, um, I,
1: I think I know I think I know the one we're <laughs> uh, pointing to but um, that's that's a prime example of what we were talking about just before the break we're not getting involved with people um, he had an amazing ability to wind up even though he didn't speak English um, <laughs> but uh, like he, 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 I liked him actually I enjoyed it you know he was, he was a tough guy and he was aggressive and he was he was angry Um. But again, you, you when you're going into play a game against him, like I got sent off one game because I got involved with him. I got two yellow cards for two fouls on him because he just was irritating me, and and I think one was like a mistimed challenge, and then the next one he just skipped by me, and I, you know when them ones where you just instinctively hold their jersey and then let it go because mm-hmm. you realise, but I was already a yellow card and that was me gone. And I remember after the game I was just seething with myself for buying into his. Whatever, uh, another word there. As I'm looking for, <laughs> <laughs> his <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, buying <laughs> yeah. yeah, into his nonsense. Yeah. Um, so after that, I just thought, just don't get involved with him because he he thrives on that, that that type of stuff. And some days, you know, you get the better of it. Some days, he gets the better of it. But um,
0: if you were heading in, if you were heading into a match day, Damien, yeah. knowing that you're about to mark him. Like, would that, would, would you, like, it, it would strike me that you would relish that kind I would have thought you'd prefer Acosta than yeah. a Jermaine yeah. Defoe or a Michael Owen or somebody like that. I would have yeah. thought you would have loved the, the challenge of that battle against the likes of Acosta.
1: I did. I loved, I loved the, the playing against them, but it's the off the ball stuff and, yeah. and, you know, the ball is on the other end of the pitch and stuff and, 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 and when he jumps up for a header and, and he knows he's not going to win it but he jumps into you th- <laughs> that type of stuff where you're kind of going you know it, it can irritate you and, and kind of grind your gears a little bit but um, the, the physical side of it was great but he was fair and, and every time you left one on him he took it as well and he'd kind of give you a little nod and so he was fine like that but um, you're right the, the, the bigger lads I, I much I much prefer that you know it's the it's the Hazards and the the David Silvers that would, you know, and the fabric asses of this world, they're the ones that used to really, um, you know, keep you up at night because they're the guys that would look one way and pass it the other. Um, and you're trying to read their eyes and try and get a jump on, on, on where they're trying to pass it. And there's nothing more embarrassing when you, you, you read a pass one way and he reverses it down inside you. Um, so you always kind of had to hold your position a bit longer until he actually passed the ball which which then made your life a little bit more difficult because the guy you're going to close down already has it under control and is moving towards you Um, you know you're trying to kind of read where they're going but Silva was the worst one for looking one way and passing the other Um, but after a while you realise to hold your ground but then you know he gets it to a a, a tricky wide man or or gets it into a number 10 and the number 10 gets turned and he's already running at you and you know you're late but you have to hold Um, so um, yeah, the courses of this world were, were were enjoyable to a point. Yeah, yeah. And
2: Haaland, would you enjoy? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Not
1: particularly, no. I'm glad I'm sitting at home here watching the golf here on, on, on the TV. Um, I suppose when you're going into play against players like, you know, if you're playing against a Lukaku or or a Fabregas, you're always trying to think like, you know, what are they good at? Okay, that's what they're good at. Don't give them that you know, like Lukaku, don't get involved in physical battles with him, don't get tied to him, don't try and, you know, get involved in a macho battle that I'm stronger. Admit from the start, he's stronger than you, so don't get into battles with him. You know, arms length away, and, and and what's he not good at? is touch is poor, okay, so go to that. Um, and, and, and tricky center, fast into forwards, give yourself a couple of yards, don't worry about it. If you get to defeat, you can readjust, or, or you might get help from number six, but don't get caught in a foot race with him. Don't get you know, greedy, things like that. So you're all trying to work out these things before a game. Um, well, that's what I used to do anyway. Um, but him, I'm not entirely sure uh, you're going into a game. Strength in numbers, I suppose, would be one of the things I'd be thinking. But then again, if you start converging on him and you, you start asking your six to play a little bit deeper or, or your fullback to play a little bit closer to you, then then other players are going to strip you, you know, like the wide players in the number 10s. They all start getting joy. Um, but you're not going to beat him in a battle of strength. So you probably think, I don't wanna get involved in that. You don't wanna get caught in a foot race with him. I suppose the, the, the worst one is when when crosses are coming in the box, because if you get caught underneath the ball, like as a centre back, you always gotta you know I used to always be told that like, you know, if they beat you, they beat you the one on the back here. You know, don't let them get across the front of you, don't let him um nip in, in front of you. You know, if it goes big, it might beat him as well. But you know, sometimes you it can be the perfect cross. But with him, if it just got clipped in the box and you're kind of standing there and he's got a run on you, even a two-step run, you're a sitting duck, you're going to get absolutely annihilated. And even in situations like that, if you think to yourself, I am a sitting duck, what you'd always do is you try to jump on an angle into the center forward so he can't mm. quite get it at it either. But I think if you did that with him, he'd absolutely run right over the top of you. you know, you'd bounce off him. So um, I, I don't know, to be honest here. Um, strength in numbers would be my, my kind of self-preservation rule really there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, look, it, it's, it's exactly the questions that Damien is asking himself as a centre-half when you're marking a centre-forward. As a manager, they're the same questions you ask. You you look at the skill set of the forward and, you know, if he's a speed merchant, well, then maybe as a team we'll drop off and we'll play a bit deeper so there's less space in behind. If he's brilliant at, on, on crosses, well, let's try and play a little bit higher or let's stop the cross and things like that. Like. I, I just, as Damien is saying, I don't see, there's no one, he's, he's a 10 out of 10. He, he's got everything. He seems he's got, got everything. Yeah, and, yeah. and the problem well. is, I think they'll have a chance. I think the opposition teams will have a chance in the World Cup because I think uh, uh, when, are, are, are they in the World Cup? No, they're, no, not. they're not. in the World no, Cup. Sorry, sorry. But when you're playing against Norway, I think you have a chance because the only way to stop them is to stop the supply. Yeah, but then you got De Bruyne, so. And again, City. It's impossible to stop the supply because you've got the on first and foremost, and then so many more who can can yeah. step up. So you can't stop the supply. You can't stop him once he has it. Like it's 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 mission impossible. It, but but he's not the only one at the moment. Like if, there's there's a serious collection of centre forwards. We've and got Alvarez in there
2: now as well. You know, but um, yeah, it's it, I, I just, I've been absolutely fascinated watching him. I've really enjoyed watching him because you just know he's going to do something. Yeah, and he might not touch the ball. Like, what, more well, yeah it was the,
0: the numbers at the moment I think it's I think he's scoring a goal per every 12 touches of the ball 12 or something goals in seven competitive matches it's, so it's, it's going to break all the
2: records if he stays fit I suppose the one thing that the opposition teams would be hoping for that he doesn't stay fit for the for the rest of the season
0: yeah and and yeah, look they are going to need to be careful because Pep has kind of made a liar for himself there already I mean Guardiola did say in the early weeks that the thing with Haaland is because of that injury record you'll see that once we get to where midweek games come along He'll, he'll, he won't he will play midweek if he's playing at the weekend or he won't play at the weekend if he's playing midweek. He started every game so far, hasn't he? So he's kind of a bit of a liar of himself so far on that one. But he's
2: obviously feeling just so good at the moment and playing that well that you just can't leave him out, can you? I'm sure uh, Pep will have a different view if uh, you talk <laughs> to him. Uh, 53106, I've sent this text before, but Damien Delaney really is the best pundit on our TV and radio. Wonderfully original, yeah. says Tom. So fair play, Tom. Um, What is the story at Chelsea? Were they right to sack Tuchel, oh. uh, Damien?
1: Um... I don't think so. No, I think I think he'd, he'd, he'd enough credit for not much longer. But I felt he deserved a little bit. But without knowing the inner workings of what's going on in the changing room, um, you know whether players were, were sick and tired of it. He's quite a combative character. Um, he's quite um, he's quite strong with his players. There's a great clip of him online um, in his Germany working in Germany, and he's berating. I think I think it might be the American winger. You know, you find it i starting the story then, like none of the details, but sorry, that's not great. But Pulisic, was it? Who was it? Pulisic was but, Pulisic, is it? No, it was, it was, I think it might have been Leon Bailey or, or someone oh, like before, that. before, right, yeah. Before, like in his early days, like, you know, and I remember looking at that going, so he, he does create controversy in his changing room. So without knowing um, the ins and outs of what happened in the changing room, it's difficult to say, but from the outside looking in, I felt he deserved a little bit of time. But then you look at it from the owner's point of view, they're just after shelling out an enormous amount of money to buy a football club. And they've just shelled out an enormous amount of money in the in the transfer window, and they've not started well. And I think a lot of their budgets will be done off bare minimum finishing in the top four and getting to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. That's kind of financially what they're looking at. And I think they've got off to a bad start. They're not experienced owners. They'll be taking advice because they're not football people. So I don't know who they're advice is where their advice is coming from. Um, I think they might have panicked ever so slightly, the owners, and just gone, oh my God, we can't. Um, we can't we can't risk not getting out of the group. We can't risk being mid-table in the, in, in, in the Premier League, um, as, as, as you can understand, I suppose, a little bit with the money that they've spent. Um, but I think that, you know, that's just Chelsea. You know, maybe they looked at Roman Abramovich and, and Abramovich was absolutely cutthroat and he didn't wait. But I think Abramovich probably would have given him another two or three matches, I'd have thought, you know, giving them a second run in the Champions League, a uh, second game, sorry, maybe even a third game, um, before they hit the panic button. I just think they've hit it slightly early. Um, but having said that, look, it's their football club. They bought it, and and, and and I suppose they can run it how they see fit. It seems like a dressing room can go wrong pretty rapidly, Damien. If you get if you, if you follow with the wrong characters, it can, yeah. Um, you know, if you upset the wrong uh, people, they can... The players can come in and even, you know, if they're in a bad mood or they're they're sulking or they're being quite negative, and they're strong characters, it can in, infect the changing room very, very quickly. Um, and then the manager is as combative as what he is. Uh, it'd be quite easy to upset some players. Um, but like I said, I don't, I don't without knowing what's gone on in the changing room, um, I don't think the, the the players have thrown a towel in from. They just weren't playing well. But I think he deserved a little a touch more time just to try and figure it out.
2: Yeah, Los Angeles Dodgers is the other club that um, Todd Bailey and uh, the Americans are involved in. Their their coach... Dave Roberts has been there since 2016, so maybe there's hope for Graham Potter with the five-year deal that they've just decided. We're new guys; we want a, a, our own person in, and maybe that's just the way it is. But mm. I think it's harsh on Tuchel if you're winning the Champions League within six months. But uh, he has had form in uh, having fractious relationships with people at Dortmund and at PSG. Yeah, look, when 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 the
0: result was the result the other night, um, when final whistle went on it, and uh, my my kind of instinct was. Jesus, they're not, they're not going to go and get rid of him on the back of that, are they? But Like, I shouldn't even be thinking like that. But do you get me? You're, you're thinking this would be the kind of Chelsea thing to do, that he could actually be in trouble here. And then you wake up the following morning, and all of a sudden the stories are that, that he is going straight away. And, like, it's madness, but it's not surprising, really, at the same time. So it's not because of the history that's there. And as you say you know anytime new owners come in I think any manager I think any manager is going to be saying oh no because they do you tend to want your own person you usually do tend to like time after time you'll see there's not too many cases where success has happened between new owners and them just sticking with the manager that they had um, through it but look look It's so, so important, as you've touched on there, the relationship between the players. Yeah, massively important. Keeping your leadership, kind of core leadership group in your corner, um, handling your alpha males and all that. But to me, in sports management, the biggest deal is trying to manage upwards.
2: Luxembourg has won the Royal Bahrain Irish Champion Stakes, Aidan O'Brien. Never ride him off. Seven to two. And uh, has been an Onesto into second place, 11 to 1 shot of Videni. The favourite, 7 to 4 favourite, was third with Mishriff fourth. So Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore have won the big race on Longines Irish Champions Weekend at Leopardstown. Big result Luxembourg was the horse they all wanted to win the derby. Uh, wasn't right, was injured at the time, and has come back now and won this one mile, two furlong, this Group One Irish Champion Stakes at Leopardstown. Huge result for Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore and the St. Ledger to come tomorrow. Uh, Sligo Rovers, by the way, in Galway in the Women's National League. Galway leading 5-2, entering the closing stages. So
1: a, a, a lot of goals there.
2: Graham Potter, uh, your thoughts? Um, seems to have done everything right, hasn't he, uh, Damien? Yeah,
1: yeah. ticks every box. Um, but I suppose when any manager goes in, he's got to connect with the players very, very quickly. Um, get the players believing in him, because it's one thing, having all the knowledge, having all the, the tactics and the training and the numbers all that right, but if the players don't believe in you, they're not going to gonna do it very well or they're not going to do it to the best of their ability. So his job now is to go in, connect with those players, uh, make them believe uh, that what he's saying is right. Because a lot of those players will look at him and they'll say, OK, he did well at Brighton. And he might only get a couple of training sessions before some of them go, I'm not really sure where I fit in this, right? I'm not really sure about Marco this. Marco Correa. So. <laughs> well, look, and, then, and then it just and it just takes one or two players to switch off and, and you're sunk. So he's got to go in there, you now and he's got to connect with those players um, and get them believing in what he has because, you know, his blueprint is brilliant. But he's worked with a different calibre of players, a different type of player. Um, you know, players kind of underdogs, punching above their weight, that type of stuff. And I suppose when you connect with those players and and, and you're playing so well and all the players are getting pats on the back and things are great, um, it's a different scenario. Um, But look, I'm sure he's interviewed for the job. Uh, He seems like a really, really good character. Uh, He seems like, well, obviously he doesn't seem, but he has got a great track record in improving players and getting players to play a certain type of football. Chelsea have obviously looked at it and said that's a bit of us. Um, But it's, you know, sorry.
2: Sorry, I just have to take a break, Damien. Sorry about that.
1: Okay,
2: uh, nice. uh, and, and Shane. So, we're going to have plenty more chat between uh, four and five. Damien Delaney and uh, Shane Keegan on Manchester United, on Shamrock Rovers, on the women's national team, on Arsenal, on Tottenham, and all these things. you want to get in touch with a comment or question, 53106. We're back with Off the Ball Saturday, Football Saturday here on News Talk after the news. Don't go away.
0: Football on
2: Off the Ball
0: with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports.
2: And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five this evening. Just going to go through the golf scores uh, at Wentworth uh, and in the US. So Saren Kjelson, 64 today to go to 12 under par. Uh, on day two, which it is now, of the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth. So he's joined by Victor Hovland of Norway on 12-under as well, as 68 for Hovland today. So they're tied for the lead at the moment. A, ha- a shot ahead of Matthew Jordan of England and Thomas de Tree of Belgium. They're both an 11-under par in the clubhouse. Francesco Molinari is in fifth on 10-under par, then on 9-under Fabrizio Zanotti, James Morrison, Marcus Armitage, uh, Masahiro. K. Uh, Kawamura is also on 9-under-par in the clubhouse. And Rory mcelroy has gone to 9-under-par now. 5-under for his round through 12 holes of it, uh, with Billy Horschel on 9-under-par through 12 as well, the defending champion. So they're making moves, could get a bit further up the leaderboard by the end of the day, given there are 2-par, 5-holes at Wentworth. Uh, Shane Lowry is now 8-under-par. Uh, He's in a tie for 12-th through 12-holes, playing the 13th, 2-under for his round today. Kind of a steady round for Shane Lowry. Uh, in terms of the action in the U.S., Um, we have uh, women's golf here on association with uh, KPMG, proudly supporting women in sport. The Queen City Championship at the event on the LPGA Tour this weekend in Cincinnati. So Leona Maguire in a tie for 12th and seven under par at the halfway point out of the third round in a few moments' time. The Cavan woman shooting an opening round of 70 before 67 yesterday. That leaves her six off the pace of South Korea's leader, uh, Jung-Lung Lee, six. And Stephanie Meadow now two under for a round today through uh, seven holes. She is on four under par overall. That is the golf update. This is Football Saturday here on Off the Ball. Sligo Rovers two, Galway five, a result now from the Women's National League. Remember, our coverage on Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season. On Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports, you can text us 53106. You can tweet us at Off the Ball. You can listen on your radio across Ireland on News Talk. Also watch us on the digital and social channels. For Periscope and Twitter, at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app. Delighted to be joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland defender Damien Delaney and here in studio with the co-Ramblers manager Shane Keegan. Last night was overseen A one-all draw In the League of Ireland First Division And tonight Is going To Garth Brooks Tonight's the big one Whatever about last night John Yeah, yeah Bring it on Looking forward
0: to it Now big time will be darting from here Straight over to Croker Get myself a cowboy hat Somewhere on the way Have the cheque shirt on already As you can see Looking forward to it Cannot wait I, I,
1: I, can't, I can't tell if that's, if that's Genuine or not I'm a hundred, I, I am not going to be <laughs> shamed <laughs> Into feeling
0: it's wrong To love Garth Brooks lads He is top class And I can't wait Bring it on Oh,
1: I think you right. just get dragged along
0: there, and you've got to fight that for the businesses. Nah, 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 nah. Some people try and cover up their uh, appreciation, a guilty pleasure. Yeah, exactly. By like, like Damon has said, by the like, claim somebody else has, has dragged him along. Not at all. I'm, if anything, I'm dragging a few
2: with me. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening in on their way to Garth Brooks. So uh, I, I just, uh, it just goes way over my head. I have no <laughs> idea. Like, I, I just don't understand it. And that's for, look, look, it's each their own. You know, have a whole. Everybody has got a great time this evening and yesterday and tomorrow. And I, I look. Damien, are you a Garth Brooks man?
1: No, absolutely not. I couldn't tell you any wouldn't I, I, oh, <laughs> I didn't know any of the songs. Um, he's got a hold over Ireland, I suppose, really. So Because, you know, every you know again, he, he pops up and people seem to love him. Um, I'm not, uh, uh, what's the demographic of, of people that are going to see him? Like, uh, is this, I don't know, because I, think- I know that, that country music is, is big, you know, in, in, in the West of Ireland and stuff, but... Um, I don't know why he's got such a big following here. Well, from from what it's I've heard, I'm bat- one of the
2: few people going who's not from Monaghan. Anyway, Damien. But well, Shane Hannon <laughs> is our producer. I think everybody but Shane is going to Garth Brooks this evening. Maybe Shane actually is going. Uh, no, no, he's going. He's not. He's giving me the finger. He's not going. He's not going to Garth Brooks. So um, county down. Uh, yeah, no. I, 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 as I said, I don't understand it. People might want to text in five three one zero six and explain uh, the whole Garth Brooks phenomenon. I just don't get it. But you uh, look, I appreciate that people are have their beautiful interests. Uh, I've got weird interests. We all have eclectic interests. So yeah, um, I, I would have grown up. He would have,
0: been, he would have been. He would have been. My father would be big into, into music and all that. So I would have grown up with him, with him playing the whole time around the, the house at home and all of that kind of stuff. But I was just that little bit too young. Probably the last time uh, around that he was around. So. Uh, yeah. Kinda.
2: But also the whole thing about that he couldn't play here and now he can yeah, come yeah, back yeah, and there's the yeah. whole, you know, people are waiting yeah, a We long had time. tickets
0: last time. Well, we do, you know, we were all geared up to go the last time round and then it, you know, it fell by the wayside. So, no, uh,
2: genuine excitement, John. Well, enjoy it. Have a great time. How oh, old,
1: our- old, old is Garth Brooks? Because if, if, like, if you're saying you're too young to go to one of his concerts, Shane, like. <laughs> what
0: age do you think I am? No, I'm afraid. Don't answer that, actually. Don't answer that. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that. Garth Brooks
2: is 60. Oh, okay now he' a yeah. young looking 60 but he's, yeah i
0: think it was or was it 94 96 there thereabouts last time he was over i think so it was okay. it was kind a of wild. only uh yeah, young enough teenager believe it or not despite one, the bald head and all that
2: one of ireland's great mysteries um but what's your what's your musical choice then is it heavy metal uh, or rave damien or
1: yeah kind of uh, kind of rock music really or, right. or blues rock and blues really i suppose um yeah, anything like that, really. I like, like classic rock as well, old old music, a bit of ACDC and stuff like that. Um, then I uh, kind of also have a, a thing for like the Clash and, and, and things man, yeah. like that, or the, the Ramones and stuff. You oh, know? Yeah. So if I'm ever going, going to the gym or anything like that, definitely some Ramones will be on there um, for me. Uh, so that's kind of what I would listen to, to, to mostly, really. Uh, would you be a gig man? Um, yeah, I went to Van Morrison a couple of weeks ago oh. here in Cork. Yeah, it was my second or third time seeing him. Um, when I was in London, I used to go an awful lot as well. Um, I used to live not far from the Royal Albert Hall, so there's always um, really good gigs there. I've seen Eric Clapton um, several times. Uh, Gary Clark Jr., uh, he's probably my, my favourite guy at the moment, Really. Good stuff. Good stuff. I they are look a blend. Who's Gary Clark Jr.? I can see what a pair of you.
2: I know the Ramones. So I would listen to the Ramones a bit and the Clash myself. But Gary yeah. Clark Jr. is a bit of a stretch for me now. And I have no idea who he is. But um, Very niche. Very niche, Damien. No. Fair play. Yeah, yeah. there's,
1: there's, my, there's my plug. My plug for Gary Clark Jr. If anyone likes Blues, he's, he's, uh, he's pretty good.
2: There you go. Gary Clark Jr. Um, so we have Man United. Uh, have you seen progress that can be sustainable from them, Damien, so far?
1: Um... yes uh, I suppose Um, I I don't don't think Man United are anywhere near um, being back and it's going to be a long time it's going to be several transfer windows um, but I believe that they have the guy to do it if the the club are ever going to get back this is the guy to do it Um, I think he has a good handle on on the club, his decision-making since he's come in has been brilliant. His, 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 he gave everybody a chance in the in the, the Brighton and the, the Brentford game. Um, and I think he realised the scale of the problem. He seems to have a handle on it. The problem is now is that he's he's stuck with a squad. Um, I'd say there's at least seven or eight players there that he'd like to get rid of. It's going to be very, very difficult to get rid of them because a lot of them were bought for a lot of money. They're going to take a huge hit. Um, and obviously, on wages as well, there's a lot of players at Manchester United that are earning money that they wouldn't get a third of, of, of what they're getting elsewhere. Um, so, moving those types of players on is going to be costly. Now, whether he's allowed to do that, whether he's allowed to follow through or not, I don't know. Um, that remains to be seen. But I think if Manchester United are ever going to get uh, back competitive again, um, I believe they have the manager. They just need to back him now over the next four, five, six transfer windows. D- does
2: he have a sulking issue to worry about? is for the likes of Ronaldo more so and maybe even Maguire. Damien?
1: Sorry, Dad, did I drop out there? No, no, you're grand, yeah.
2: Does, does he have a sulking issue to worry about when it comes to the likes of Ronaldo and Maguire?
1: I I, I absolutely, I think he will do with um, with certain players. But what I like about him is he looks like he has the, the personality to, to, to deal with it. Um, he, he won't to them, you know. He won't. He won't um, let them do what they want. You know, I'm pretty sure Ronaldo will be complaining. But it's a case of, chief, you're here till at least January so either you get your head around it and you contribute coming off the bench, or, or you won't be involved. Um, and I think that's the type of strong management that you need with Ronaldo. Um, I know he's the greatest player that, that, that the game's ever seen, or one of two greatest players the game's ever seen. But if he's not contributing, he's not contributing. He's probably going to say to him, "Look, you have a role to play, and you are going to be part of of the squad." Uh, if you want to be, but it's a, it's a, a kind of a a, a lesser role, um, but you still have a huge power to play. Not just in on the pitch, but off the pitch. How many players look up to you here? Setting the standard, setting the tone in the changing room. Um, but I'm pretty sure that if Ronaldo doesn't buy into that. He won't stand for it. Um, and I think the similar with Maguire, you know, um, I think the very fact that he left Casemiro on the bench um, was was a nice move on his part because you know everyone thought Casemiro coming in would go straight into the team, but he got a response from Scott McTominay. And I think for a manager to be trusted by players, he had to leave Scott McTominay in the team. If Scott McTominay was in the type of form that he's in and he whipped him out played Casemiro, I think a lot of players would be like, oh, here we go again. Certain players are going to play all the time, regardless of their performance, regardless of what they do, regardless of how they behave, they're going to play. Um, and I think as a squad, it's great when, when a manager comes in and leaves some big names on the bench because it runs through the squad then that like if I do well and I run around and I put in performances, I'm going to stay in the team. Whereas I think there was a mentality in, in, in Manchester United that what's the point in running around? I'm not going to play anyway. And when I do come in and I, and I do reasonably well, I'm straight back out again. And mediocrity was rewarded. Um, and I think it's an important precedent for a manager to set that if you do well, you'll play in my team. I don't care if you're Maguire, the captain, Ronaldo, the greatest player of all time, or Casemiro, five Champions League. They're sitting on the bench because you're getting the job done for me. Um, and I think that's a huge part of, of, of well, I believe, uh, I've never been a manager, Shane is, but I think that's a huge part of, of a manager's job.
2: And the Rashford's regaining his confidence. Maybe just yeah. comes down to simple confidence with him.
1: Yeah, and, and and look, I think
0: in a strange way, just to go back on it, I think in a strange way, the Real Sociedad result might not be the worst thing in the yep. world because it yep. almost reinforces the belief yeah. that, well, the guys that I am going with in the league, you know, I'm leaving out Casemiro, I'm bringing, leaving out Harry Maguire, I'm leaving out Ronaldo, let's bring the three them back in. Okay, a three of them come back in, you've been bet. Well, very hard for the three of you to win or moan or or have a complaint yeah. that you're not making the starting lineup at the moment. You got your chance and you didn't grab it. So the Scott McTominay's uh, and that deserved to be in it. Rashford, look, he just comes across as, as such a nice guy, you know, obviously the whole lot of, of what he's doing outside of football. You wanted a bit of luck to go for him. Now I do I'll be honest, I do think he's had a bit of luck. I think United in general have had a bit of luck. Um but you look at Rashford's second finish um the other night and I don't think he scores that goal only for the fact it takes a little flick off the defender and then that lifts it up over the keeper's leg. Um, And overall, if you look at the United performances, again, almost the opposite of Liverpool. If you look at the United performances and the underlying numbers, fortunate to beat Arsenal in ways, fortunate to beat Liverpool in ways, even fortunate to beat Southampton when you look back at the amount of chances Southampton had. So I wouldn't be getting overly carried away yet. I think they have a bit to go, but I definitely agree with Damien to have the right fella. Like he knows... Manchester. The only way, the only way to rule in that dressing room is to be co- so confident in yourself. Know yourself as a person. You know, if, if double down on yourself when when things are going away from you. And he strikes me as that kind of kind of fella. He's not gonna lie lie in bed at night worrying about what Cristiano Ronaldo thinks of him or anything like that. He's
1: even he, he, even getting Rashford. Sorry, to play to play in the nine. You know, there was that school of thought where Rashford was was. Oh, I, I I'm, I'm a left winger. Um, and then that meant Sancho had to go on the right. You know, that was lunatics running the asylum. I mean, you can't have that. You can't have players coming in. You can't have Ronaldo coming in saying, I want to play an FA Cup game against Middlesbrough. You can't have, you know, Harry Maguire saying, oh, I'm playing tonight, you know. And, and I think Solskjaer let that kind of creep in where the players were doing what they wanted. So, um, telling Rashford, you're playing nine, or you're not playing Chief. I mean, and, and it could have been as simple as that. And you're going to play a nine my way. You're not going to be involved in the game. You're not going to be link-up play. You're not going to have a great highlights reel. But you're going to be a nine, middle of the pitch, threatening behind, and I'll get your goals, right? And and obviously, Rashford's bought into it. But that's the type of strong management that, that, that people like that need. He's, he's getting some tune over of Eriksen, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, he's
2: just been fantastic the last few games. Absolutely fantastic. The only thing I worry about Tanaga is all these, I think, once again a bit like Tuchel he's been he's been dragged into the whole transfer business and he knows a lot of these players so he knows anthony Eriksson comes from the dutch system he knows Malassia, he knows yeah but I, I suppose it's the default isn't
0: it that like you know if uh, the, the, the squad I have at the moment at Cove is a squad I've inherited but you know what am I likely to try and do next year if I'm adding a couple of bodies I'd probably like to go for try and
2: I still think they need a stronger director of football in there um, to, to work with Ten Hag on, on transfers on a more strategic basis I, I just don't think the recruitment of the club has been very good over the last few years um, what about the defence Damien you know Malassia Martinez Varane and Dallo seems to be the, the four now
1: yeah, that and that, thats the first choice. Manchester United keep that; it'll give him a great platform to go and play with. Um, and I would go so far as to say that, it, it, like Varane is obviously pretty unreliable with injuries. You know, there's one going to come up in the next couple of weeks. If he goes out of the team, I would absolutely put Victor Lindelof in, this, in alongside Martinez. Um, and you know, Martinez is your left side centre back. Keep him fit. He's your your linchpin, your focal point. He's the guy front foot defending. Sets a great example. You know, you can't put Harry Maguire in alongside him again or he'll, Harry Maguire will drag Martinez down, uh, you know, drag him back down the pitch. He won't be his front foot. He won't be as aggressive. Um, I would put Lindelof in next to him because that would give Manchester United a better chance of, 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 of winning games of football. Um, but that back four is brilliant. Malassia is an incredible athlete. Looks like he loves a foot race. Quite happy to go shoulder to shoulder with any winger and say, okay, let's have a foot race. I'm in there. Dalo's tipping away on his side silently. Just does his job, gets through his work. Uh, Pretty decent player, Um, but the centre back area. um, I think I said this before, but like the reason you're getting a tune of McDominay is that he's not babysitting the centre backs anymore. You know, McTominay is allowed to go and engage and be a midfield player. For the last two years, he's been told, um, you know, you sit in front, you protect me, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll cover in behind. So that means McTominay is sitting in front of the centre-back, screening, and opposition midfield players are having a, a field day, which then means that Manchester United forwards, be it the wide player or, or, or Fernandez or the number nine, have to drop back in on the opposition number six, and the whole team just sinks, 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 and Man Utd start getting the runaround. McTominay is actually really, really good when he's allowed to go to work. When he's actually told, you know what, I don't need you here. center back saying to him, I don't need you here. This is my job. Let me be a centre-back. You're going to be a midfield player. That... That fellow over there, he's your job. Go and engage him. McTominay is snapping into tackles, and he's setting a good tempo. He's a good athlete, McTominay. Um, and he's a functional passer of the ball. He's not as bad as as, as as people make him out to be. He's not a world-class passer of the ball, but he can move the ball. Um, and he's trying to pass forward more. And that's because the confidence looks like he's coming back into his game. And I think he deserves an awful lot of credit for the performance he's put in. But I believe it's down to the fact that he's allowed to go and be a midfield player now.
2: Uh, Irish Champions Stakes won by Luxembourg today, 7-2, to uh, trained by Aidan O'Brien, ridden by Ryan Moore, and Longines Champions Weekend at Leopardstown. So, big result for the uh, Doll Stable. Also had a winner with uh, August Rodin at 11-10, to the favourite in the Champions Juvenile Stakes, the Group 2 there. And the Paddy Power Stakes, the Group 3, won by Duke de Sessa at 6-1, to trained by Dermot Weld, Chris Hayes on board. Zyrinsk for Ger Lyons. If you listen to the roadshow, the HRI roadshow last week, he did give this one. 9-2 winner, uh, Colin Keane on board, and an English winner of the Sovereign Path Handicap with uh, I'm a Gambler at 18-1, to Tom Mark riding for Charlie and Mark Johnston. Three races to go at Leopardstown. We have the Curra tomorrow. We also have the Formula 1, Charles Leclerc, On pole for the Italian Grand Prix, with grid penalties taken into account, George Russell should move up to second alongside Leclerc in the front row, while the two McLarens move up to the second row, Lando Norris in third, Daniel Ricciardo in fourth. It's an eighth pole of the season for Leclerc at the home of Ferrari at Monza. Max Verstappen, the championship leader, the world champion, qualified second fastest, but has to take a five-place grid penalty, so he will start the race in seventh tomorrow. Women's National League Galway 5. Sligo Rovers too you are watching Celtic the other night Shane I'd love to be been there just for that atmosphere before the game it looked, looked unbelievable against Real Madrid looked absolutely incredible it
0: really really did and uh, I wouldn't mind only I, I had contemplated possibly trying to get across to it um, yeah look it's it's you know we've had the, we've had debates on the show before about where celtic lie in, in in i suppose the pantheon of elite european clubs and you know scottish football how much interest there is but i'll tell you once when, when celtic are, are back in european football um and with a team now i thought i i saw a couple of comments leading up to the game that kind of summed it up that in previous years when celtic were heading into europe you were you know a little bit afraid as to whether they'd be up to the standard and now Celtic fans Are also again A little bit afraid That they're going to lose Their best players And going to lose their manager Because it's at the moment Still a reasonably Well kept secret Just how good Some of these players Within the side are and Who are how they? Which it. ones are we talking about? Tate is it? Yeah them? he's he's brilliant He he really really is And O'Reilly looks a, a, a fine fine player And these are fellas That they're they're bringing in For you know p- Below 10 million That's Ant Pastakoglu All over though isn't it? He's, he just seems to be fantastic uh, uh, Unbelievable at, at, at unearthing talent And they're playing such a lovely style of football as well. It's so exciting to but watch. It's, it's
2: without fear, I feel. I mean, I watched the first 40, 50 minutes of that. Like Celtic were yeah. just as good now. They eventually got picked off. Maybe they tired, but...
0: They, well, they had to tire. They probably did have to tire. But that comes on the back of this. You know the way, like you hear so much jargony stuff and, and clubs come up with, you know, a line that supposedly sums us up. But that whole Celtic thing at the moment of... We never stop. This is their big thing. We never stop. I have never seen so many set pieces taken quickly in my life. It's ridiculous. Every throw of a ball... The the the, the um, ball boy is recycling the ball within a second or two. And the ball is fired back in. If they get a free... Put the hand on the ball quick. Take it. It's ridiculous the pace that they play at. It really, really is. And I can see why... It, it Obviously, last weekend, it blew Rangers out of the water. It'll blow everybody in Scotland out of the water. And I think... Barring the elite elite, which obviously Real Madrid are, you know, I think that standard of performance from Celtic the other night in their other group games is going to give them a real, real chance. A real, real chance. I, th- I think they look so, so good. And it's just, it's, 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 I'm, I'm the worst in the world. I'm a, I'm a, a come and go Celtic fan to a certain extent. I'll hold my hand up and say that, you know, when, when the big European time You're is fair weather and, fan. Yeah to a certain extent I am compared to some who absolutely live and breathe it look as we know some Irish people live and breathe it you know particularly up around Donegal and areas like that I'm a million miles from that but at the same time I get such a brilliant buzz when they're at the level that they're at at the moment and and going toe to toe and as I say just you couldn't but be really excited as a as I say a, a, you know if I'm excited imagine how the real Celt- the hardcore celtic fans feel at the moment they they really uh they think Big Ange is is, is absolutely uh, an idol and a god to them at the moment, and, and rightly so, but as I say, you just wonder, can they? You know, are they going to have a little bit of trouble holding on to some of these players and holding on to their manager over the next while? you ever played Parkhead, Damien?
1: No, never. I've never even been there, to be honest. You watch a game. No, unfortunately. Um, um, when you get opposition players like uh, uh, Real Madrid that were after the game tweeting how great the atmosphere was, um, it must have been something special because a lot of those players would have played in some of the best venues in the world um and it looked it from the tv it looked absolutely incredible and the energy that they created certainly fed onto the pitch to the players and they gave a great account to themselves um well, fortunately like you know you can keep up the pace for 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 large periods of the time it's impossible to keep that up for 90 minutes mm. but as soon as you drop it against Real Madrid they have the quality they will get you eventually um and how many times you see Real Madrid last year where they just look like they're kind of in third gear hanging in there it's decent performance it's not mind-blowing but then they're just absolutely ruthless and clinical when they get their chances, and as soon as you come off the throttle, they pick you off. Um, but I agree with Shane. If they can, if they can maintain somewhere near that level of performance, they've got a great chance of getting out of that group.
2: Women's team also played uh, during the week. You just hope that they get there. Uh, they've, 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 this ca- ca- qualification so convoluted and complicated and exhausting, even just following it. But they did really well to beat uh, Finland and beat Slovakia. They're grinding out the results. They're going to go to Scotland now or Austria in October, and we'll see where the where we stand after that game and all the other matches and the, the permutations and that. But I just feel it's, it's it's they've done everything right, and it's still a way to go. Yeah, and and the problem
0: I, I would have a good knowledge of the team themselves, um, but I wouldn't have a great knowledge of of the women's wider wider women's football landscape. But we were. Um, we were doing a podcast for the forty two during the week and Emma Duffy, who's on there with them, she she knows the, the land inside out and this was previous or prior to the draw and she said the one team that we don't want is Austria. She she rated them as the toughest draw we could get and lo and behold it looks as though that's what we're we're, if they beat Scotland Scotland, it looks as though that's what we could have so it looks as though they are unfortunately still going to have a real real test and you know the fact that it's one leg and away from home um, it's going to be a big big ask but look they've done brilliantly to get to where they are Um, you know again you know you know the big talk of of women's football and women's sport is that it, it deserves equal kind of uh, equal criticism as much as equal praise, and I have found the performances recently hard on the eye they're hard to watch they're getting great results um, but there's a particular style of play that's been implemented there at the moment that is about grinding them down and grinding out the result and sometimes when you look at the quality of a Katie McCabe and Denise Sullivan and people like that you think you know if they were let off the reins a little bit more could we maybe get a, a, a bit more out of them but Look, if she, at the same time Vera Powell's getting the results She's absolutely getting the results And Look, she, obviously she knows The players better than I do So she knows what's Going to, to work for them As far as she's concerned But I just have a little bit of a I, I think they could You know, be let off the loose A little bit more
2: What do you think, Damien?
1: Um, yeah, I, 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 look I, I watch from, from a distance and I watch some games I don't have any In-depth knowledge So I wouldn't be able to give you A, a yeah. huge opinion uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable Giving a, a, an opinion on them but they seem to be making progress, you know. Um, every time you read an article or you see an interview, that they, they, they're making progress, um, and that's the main thing for them. Uh, and I'm delighted for them. I hope they go and uh, and do it. It'd be wonderful. But um, as I said, I wouldn't wouldn't have qualified enough to uh, to talk about them. It, it would be incredible for the women's game in this
0: country if they could qualify for it, John. It really, really would. Like you just can't talk it up enough. Do you know the whole? You know the whole Katie Taylor effect in terms of of boxing and and the amount of of, of top class young girls coming through on the boxing front at the moment you know that exact effect we're gonna see, that exact effect if Ireland can qualify here. It's it's gonna it's already moving massively in the right direction at grassroots level based on what I'm seeing in that underage League of Ireland level. I would have had a, a bit of involvement with, with Treaties seventeens and that when I was there. Um but this would just, you know, pump a huge amount of oxygen into that whole situation as well.
2: The worry is if you don't qualify, it kinda of gets lost a bit because you, you have the nine months, you have the it's next summer in Australia, and New Zealand, you have all the, the campaigns, the billboards and, and we're really getting to yeah, know these players. Second, progress, yeah. is pro-
1: pro- progress is progress you know I mean you know we've gone further than, than than we have done before and and that's what I keep seeing and hearing and reading about this Irish team is they keep pushing boundaries and that's going to inspire the next generation like the England women's team winning it that's what you want numbers in the game um, because then it's going to get better by virtue of the fact that more people that play it the more coaching the better the grassroots the better we've come through so it might not be this group's chance But they're going to move the needle, absolutely. They already have moved it. If they could qualify, I'll tell you what, you'd be moving it hugely. But keep moving the needle, keep moving the needle, and eventually they'll get there, you know. This is
2: Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk Football Saturday with Damien Delaney and Shane Keegan. We're back after this. Football on Off the Ball.
0: With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more. Live on Sky Sports.
2: This is Off The Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five on Football Saturday with Damien Delaney and Shane Keegan. Uh, full-time scorer, Galway five, Sligo Rovers two in the Women's National League. In the golf, Rory McIlroy three shots off the lead. He is nine under par at the BMW PGA Championship through 15 holes of a second round. Three shots behind, starring Kelson and Victor Havland, and two par fives to come from McIlroy. He's in a tie for six at the moment and a tie for 11th is Shane Larry On eight under par, he's playing the 15th. At Leopardstown. Jadumi, the 9-4 joint favourite, has won the Boomerang Mile, the Group 2 there. Christophe Sumion riding for uh, Simon and Ed Crisford, second English winner of the day after I'm a Gambler in the uh, Premier Handicap. And the Irish champion stakes won by Luxembourg, 7-2 to two shot for trainer Aidan O'Brien and jockey Ryan Moore. They've done it in the big one. We have the St. Ledger coming our way tomorrow. Um, Shamrock Rovers then during the week against Joe Gordon's uh, goal of straw. Shane Keegan, will they be happy?
0: Um, will they be happy? Yeah, look, it was a, it's a decent result. I suppose... The, the problem probably is, John, that the, the rovers are third seeds in the group. Joe Garden are fourth seeds in the group. You're at home to the one team in the in the group that are below you. So from that sense, you know, is there a better opportunity to pick up three points? Arguably not. Um a draw was probably a fair result. Look, it wasn't um wasn't the kind of game that set the world on fire now, to be honest with you. So it wasn't both sides were kind of decent in possession, but once it got to the to the final third, there was a bit of a, a lack of creativity. Still no still no Jack Byrne. Um he came on and immediately made a difference, created arguably their best chance within seconds of coming on, to be honest with you. Um and I think you know, he's a complete nutter game changer for them. He's a complete game changer. I think if he had been fit and able to play in 90 minutes the other night, I think they, they possibly would have won that game. Surprised, um to see Rory Gaffney left on the bench as well, I think he's been outstanding in, in, in Europe so far, so there might be a little bit of a sense of the one that got away, but that's all going to be dependent on how the group plays out from here on, like the other game was an ill all draw as well, so they, they certainly haven't lost any ground, Um, but just in terms of where do those wins come from, like a draw is still a, a decent result, like they were, you know, with bookmakers, they were still underdogs, even if they are third season, the others were fourth, and, from a financial perspective, very important that they didn't throw away the point that they had. Um, like I don't know if you've seen the numbers going around. They got more money for the one point that they got uh, and drawing that game than they will for winning the League of Ireland this year, which is just a crazy situation,
2: really. Yeah, DLR Waves are in action at the moment against Athlone. That is goalless in the Women's National League. Uh, just to let you know about our competition, folks, uh, the Premier League is back. So we've teamed up with one of Europe's largest sports events ticketing the hospitality companies, Champions Travel to give you the opportunity to win a €250 Euro Champions Travel voucher each day this week. These can be used on Premier League match trips as well as a host of other sporting events. Daily winners will also be entered into our grand prize draw where one lucky winner will win a trip from a selection of Premier League games with flights and two nights accommodation included. Today we've been asking you to tell us who this mystery voice is wondering why people would ever be given hats free of charge. But this is, um, this is not on. I, I generally think this is not on. Three caps. Kevin Colban, of course, <laughs> uh, of the stable uh, and our friend of the show. Congratulations to Conor Carroll, stellorgan in County Dublin, who answered that correctly. He's today's winner of the €250 Euro Champions travel voucher. Damien, um, how have you felt Arsenal have done so far this season? OK, they lost to the United, but they're still top of the Premier League. Have you been impressed by Arteta's um, movements?
1: And- <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I'm, like, okay. I'm losing interest in, in, in Arsenal, to be honest with you, they're nice to watch. Like, you know, if I, you're talking if to two Spurs fans here <laughs> now. Do you, so, yeah. uh, like you know what, they've just been on the periphery looking in for so long, and you're kind of going, come on lads, come on, and this year they start off great, and you think, okay, they've they've won the five games they should win. Then the first test they come up against, they they they, they, they falter. And then you know the Zurich game on Thursday night, it's pretty, it's easy on the eye, it's all nice, but like this, you could just still see that those old character traits, the old way that they are, is just it's 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 not leaving the club. And and you know maybe it was the personnel, the manager was trying to get, he moved on a couple of people, got his own kind of spin on the team, but they're just on the periphery looking in. They can't seem to get over that hurdle of just winning games of football that maybe they don't deserve to win. Um so that's why I'm kind of losing interest with Arsenal. But if Arsenal are if I come home tonight and Arsenal are playing the half five game, I'm gonna watch it because they're nice to watch. They're easy on the eye. They move the ball really well. They've got some neat and tidy players. They're they're nice, but they're never going to get back in the top four or or or, or get, you know, into the Champions League or get I don't know, win a trophy, maybe an FA Cup. Because they just have that soft side to them and I hate using the word soft underbelly because everyone uses that with Arsenal. But they just have it. And you know, even if they get to the latter stages of this competition, which I expect them to, they're going to come against a Roma, you know, or a or a Lazio or or, or, or even a United there I say. And you know that when the the going gets tough, they'll just wilt and, and then they'll just exit stage left and that'll be that for Arsenal.
2: Arsenal gonna Arsenal then. That's what you're saying.
1: i I, I've trying my hardest not to say that, like that, (laughs) and (laughs) like soft underbelly were the two phrases I was trying to stay away from. But like, (laughs) yeah.
2: Well, you're speaking to two Spurs fans, Damien. Obviously, we're not biased on the radio, of course. But uh, we're uh,
1: we're used to being referred to as two spurs Yeah, well, we've been we've
2: been soft all of our lives. So is is there any signs with Spurs that that's going to be different under Conte?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I like Spurs. I think of you know with the, the, the the kind of the poster boys for doing things the right way looking nice but never really doing anything um, it's gone 180 the other way now I think Spurs are going to do a lot of things um, might not be aesthetically pleasing they might not be the most entertaining of games um, you know you're going to get a lot of points with situations where you shouldn't but you're going to pick up points in the games that you should do and is um, going to drag Spurs kicking and screaming from the periphery right into the parade ring um, you Now, how long that will wash with Spurs fans I don't know I know that there's a lot of diehard Spurs fans almost think, no, no, we're talking Hotspur and, you know, we play the game a certain way and, and, and that's our tradition. Um, and we're not too worried about... I would not say not too worried about trophies, but, you know, the tradition comes first. Um, and at the moment, all seems well. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's, there's a touch of uh, kind of combativeness around uh, Conte as well. So, look... It's, it's whatever you want, really, but I just think with Arsenal, like, just, I'm just a little bit kind of going, eh, I'm over them, to be honest with you, and and with Spurs, I'm kind of going, okay, good, I can't wait to see where this goes.
2: Yeah, Son, I'd be a little bit worried about. It seems uh, he's um, lost a little bit of confidence or something's, something's not right there at the moment. Maybe he just feels a bit under threat with Richarlison, I don't know.
0: Yeah, possibly. He's definitely look. He's not firing on all cylinders, but look, players go through little mini slumps. I, I don't think there has to be a big underlying issue. At the same time, hopefully, he will bounce back. And maybe, to be honest with you, John, he's you know he's been such a regular for us, and there's been such expectation around him for a long time and he's continued to deliver on that for so long that a little bit of a breather is not the worst thing in the world for him to be honest with you and the fact that that Rick Charlson has has really kind of stepped up in the last week or two and now you've got obviously Kieliszewski had a brilliant start to the season you know maybe give maybe give Son you know a a week or two well look he's possibly going to get a week or two of a break now anyway with no games going on but even just you know leaving him back on the bench that he comes off the bench with 25 minutes left and, and the Spurs crowd go mad as he walks back onto the field you know and you know, you know, feels the love again, and 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 I, I think that would be no harm whatsoever. And I think we are in a position now that we probably can give him the breeder Up until now, you know, if Son was out, we may as well nearly have not turned up because he'd become even more important than Harry Kane over the last twelve months. So he had. Um, whereas now, because the two lads have, have have looked so good in in the last while, I think we, you know, I think give him a week or two off there and and get him back in, then firing on full cylinders again, all going well.
2: With Harvey Elliott in tears uh, after scoring against Bournemouth, Damien and uh, Richarlison, a lovely scene when he went to his dad there in the crowd the other night. Um, wears his heart in his sleeve, co- scored a couple of headers against um, Marseille in the Champions League. Did you see much of it as a pro? Did you see many players like, like get emotional about you know big things that happened? Or?
1: Yeah, I mean it depends. You know what what. what. You know, a lot of players have things going on in their private lives yeah. um, and it's a big moment. So they're not necessarily crying because they love the football club. You know, there might be something else going on in, in, in the background there, but it's not a bad thing to see. You know, players are obviously super focused, you know, hold a lot of energy and emotion inside. And then something happens and it just, it just comes out of you. Um, um, again, without knowing the reasons why they cried or not. But I like Richarlison, um, you know, he's the type of player that when he's in your team, he's great. When you're playing against him, he just irritates you. Um, but he's he's the right type of player that Spurs need right now, and Antonio Conte, you're talking about being a dog and and, and getting results over the line, he's your guy, you know, you saw him coming on in the games that he came on, he had a real impact, and helped Spurs get results that they get, Arsenal don't have that type of player, you know, they don't have a dog that they can take off the bench and and, and really see games out, and he's a really, really good player as well, but his mentality mirrors the managers, you know, really, really aggressive, combative type characters, um, and if you're playing against Spurs and the games draw and you see him taking his shirt off or taking his tracksuit off and coming on, you're going to be like, oh, here we go now. The game's going to go up a notch um, because he's on the pitch. And he, and and then that's what he does.
0: I, I I had a bit of a misconception about Richardson, if I'm perfectly honest about it, John, up until probably the end of, of last year. I don't know. Maybe I just hadn't watched enough of him. I thought it was, you know, plenty of tricks and flicks. But you know does he like the rougher side of it and then I remember I was tasked to do a a tactics board piece on Arsenal and Everton um, around Christmas time last year and he asked uh, you can only describe it as assault he absolutely bullied the life out of Gabriel he destroyed him physically in the football sense yes yes and and just it really really enjoyed it really really and I was like "Geez, this guy has you know he has more to him than just tricks and flicks and since he's come to Spurs it's been the same as well he just he's got an edge about him and, and the fans are loving him it's so hilarious
2: was he pointing out to um, the referee that Thomas Ducal needed to get sent off it was, uh, it was the meme or whatever and um, now, was never the same after the handshake was he um, so uh, Chikorito uh, uh, our producer Shane was telling us um, that he had a Panenka attempt go horribly wrong on the MLS last weekend and uh, just got us onto the, this was the talking point of penalties who would you want to take a penalty for if your life depended on it Shane Matt Letizia Matt Letizia oh
0: without a doubt Matt Letizia like for me penalty takers need two things they need technique and Matt Letizia's technique was absolutely flawless Um, and two there's a mentality that suits penalty takers and for me that mentality of yeah I'm I'm so good here that I'm going to score and if I don't score do you know what meh So what? I'm, I'm that good that everybody will forgive me anyway, if that makes sense. Leticia had the two of those things. Like he was, you know, he was just, to me, he was the perfect prototype of both technique and personality that you want from a guy taking your penalties.
2: How much of it goes in now with Cove Ramblers, guys? Do you talk about penalties? Do you talk about taking penalties? Or do you have a designated guy? Um no, we, well we probably probably our
0: most natural penalty taker maybe hasn't actually started all of the, the, the games for us to be honest with you. So look it's it's not something we would have worked on. I think coming up to big cup games you probably zone in around it a little bit more, all right, but you know, again that's it's one you hear a good bit debate about can you practise them. Um you can practise the technique, but there's no way in the world that you can recreate. I mean, there's been so many different attempts of, you know, line the players up both sides of the eighteen yard box or play crowd music or you know, so many different attempts to try and recreate the mental side of, of just how big it is, but I don't think anything can prepare you. Thankfully I've never been in the position, but I don't think anything can prepare you for your legs starting to get a little bit wobbly um as you walk the the the, the walk from the halfway line up to 10 one in in a penalty shootout or something like that it's just different world really from anything you can try and create
2: Was it much practice or did you encounter penalties much in your career Damien?
1: Um, yeah I um, like. I remember when, when we played in the, in the playoff final in, in 2013 um, Kevin Phillips got a penalty in like I don't know like the 116th or 17th minute or something right in the second half of the extra time and um, leading up to Ian Holloway was our manager I remember leading up to the game we were trying to do all the usual stuff of speakers and crowd noises and hmm. the walk from the halfway line. And we, and we did a, an awful lot of it. And um, and Kevin Phillips never took part in any of it. He stood by the post and laughed at people, like, you know, and was just kind of giggling and stuff. like And I was, like, trying my hardest. So this goes to penalties i take one And Kev was like, you're wasting your time, lads. You'll never recreate it. Do as much of it as you want. And lo and behold, the game. Kev Kev comes on and puts one right in the top corner, and I laughed at him afterwards. I went, "Fair play, man." And he goes, "You just can't recreate it, you know. You just got to have a mindset." And obviously, he scored so many goals, like you know, picking your spot, um, you know, uh, com- committing to it, not changing your mind, making sure you get good contact. And I think they are the things that, that he did. But he's like trying to practice it is 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 a waste of time or recreate it. Um, but if I ever got a penalty, I'd. I'd I pick him every day of
0: the week. <laughs> we actually we actually had a, an example of it last night again in the League of Ireland with with Cork City Damien Cork Cork City got a penalty yeah. in the, in the 95th minute and again you know that that confidence or just a fella that you'd back based on confidence alone Rory Keating who took the penalty for Cork for me he's that sort of fella he's absolutely that sort of fella is he going to be overawed or over pressured by something like this absolutely not and he buries it with the last kick of the game and Cork are essentially up on the back of it you know some that that level of confidence is is brilliant on penalties you know
2: yeah, like Cantona and Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, missed a couple in their careers, but I thought they were brilliant penalty takers. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo or Cantona. I really trust Harry Kane as well. I think Harry Kane's an excellent penalty taker.
0: Yeah, and again, and I'm
2: sure he's missed one or two. He missed one there recently, I didn't yeah. he? He missed one. Was it last week he missed one? There.
0: He did, actually. That's right, yeah. yeah I still would trust right. him. I would still Stop trust him most of the time. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. But no, again, Cantona again. There's another one. Yeah. Prime example of just ultra confidence and, you know, balls in the back of the net before he kicks it, as far as he's concerned.
2: Brendan Rodgers at Leicester, uh, Damien. It just seems to have all gone a very kind of like Ranieri style south, hasn't it? At Leicester,
1: yeah. like Look, you know, they, they took all his best players and sold them and, and didn't really give him anything. Um, that's the oath that he'll use um, if, if, and, and kind of when he does get the sack. Um, but again, the, the, the air just seems to have gone out of that football club, and that's what happens when you, you, you know, you you take all their best players and and, and move them on. Um, you know, a lot of players think, Geez, there's no one coming in." We're just lagging here, but having said that, you look at the starting eleven that Brendan Rodgers put out the other night in in, in the game that they lost. That team shouldn't be bottom of the league. Um, absolutely, it shouldn't. But as I said to you, the air just seems to have gone out of that football club, and I think it's going to be very very difficult for them. A lot of, a lot of players seem down in their luck. The energy levels are down. Jamie Vardy was such a huge part of what they did. He's now on the wane, I suppose. You know, he's not as quick and as powerful and direct as what he used to be can't give you 38 games a season anymore so you're trying to replace those goals um i think it's going to be a tough season for leicester um very 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 tough season i think there's a good chance that they're going to go down um, unless something drastic happens like a change of manager which i think will happen very very soon
2: yeah and uh, who else will struggle do you think maybe bournemouth not in forest
1: yeah i think i think bournemouth are going to struggle um can anyone actually not in forest how have they signed 25? You only make like 25 in a <laughs> yeah, squad. Yeah, I don't know. they, they, they signed more players than the Dutch league, out. apparently. <laughs> like, it's it's outrageous. Like Aurier went there the other day and I think it was a 24th player. You have to register a 25-man squad. That means, what, one player that was there last year is going to be in the squad? Like, I can't understand that. It's it, 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 it's it's insane.
2: Yeah, I'd, I I'd actually don't know. Uh, I'm sure they wouldn't have been allowed to the, whatever rule or whatever way they've got it done they've been able to get it done because the Premier League are quite strict on their old rules But
0: some job for the manager there Gee, he's God. a very good manager but, yeah, he is he's done uh, a terrific job over the last few years but how the hell you know like I've been in situations where you've got four or five new bodies and you're thinking you know I've got to, got to do serious work on the training ground over the next couple of weeks to try and integrate the four or five bodies imagine mother of God imagine literally starting from scratch with pretty much an entire team at Premier League level where you've got a the games are coming and fast very little time to work on the training ground and you're trying to, to knit together pretty much an entire yeah. team from scratch
1: and find the combinations of who works well together who doesn't it's, it's unbelievable
2: yeah, and big work for Andy Reid now. He's kind of got a high enough position there with uh, Steve Cooper at Nottingham Forest. So, best luck to Andy. But, um, yeah, man. who else? Uh, you know, Newcastle leads. Uh, you know, anybody kind of impressed you there in the middle of the pack, uh, the Premier League? is before we go,
1: Damien. Yeah, nothing really jumped out. I think yeah. Newcastle, everyone's really monitoring that situation to see how that, 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 that plays out. Um, I like what they've done. They haven't, um, you know, kind of thrown a huge amount of money at it. I know they signed Isaac for 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 a large chunk of money that was more because they had a couple of injuries and they needed to get someone in. But you know, they've got a really astute director of football there. Um, and I think that's going to be a, a slow burner. Newcastle is steadily getting built up over the next number of years. Um and Leeds, Leeds are, are pretty good too, man. And and, and that manager, uh, Jesse Marsh, you know, was ridiculed by some because he was American and stuff, but he seems to be getting getting it done, I suppose. Nothing spectacular, but he's tipping away nicely.
0: One has been Brighton, really, hasn't it? And it's just going to be very interesting to see how they, how they deal now with with, with losing Potter, because like they've had a
2: brilliant start to the season, and they've yeah. been, you know they've been so important good to appointment, watch. important appointment, and also for Evan Ferguson, you know, it's it'd be interesting to see what happens there. You know, and oh, by the way, it's half halftime. DLR Waves won Athlone nil in the Women's National League, and uh, the latest. Uh, Result, as I said, Jadoumi has won the latest race there at uh, Leperstown. But the big news is that Luxembourg won the champion stakes today at odds of 7-2 for Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore. Shane Larry shaking his head there at the golf, just not going his way this afternoon. Just can't uh, seem to hold a putt at the moment, Shane Larry, uh, Two under par through 15 holes, eight under par for the tournament and a tie for 12th. Rory McIlroy, nine under par and a tie for 6th. The 6th actually on his own at the, yeah, no, tie for 6th at the BMW. Three shots behind the leaders, Soren Kjelsen and Victor Hovland. Damien fantastic inside as always on uh, Football Saturday this afternoon and we'll look forward to chatting you, to you soon with the with the great Dan and Johnny Thanks Dad Mind yourself uh, Damien Delaney there and Shane thanks so much
0: Cheers John Enjoy Cheers, Garth David. Brooks this evening I will indeed looking forward look to, forward to seeing the photos no
2: yeah well that's it uh, we all have them uh, We've got to leave it there, folks. Uh, don't forget off the ball back tomorrow from 1 until 7 here on News Talk. Joe Malloy in the chair. No Premier League commentaries, as we know with the uh, death of Queen Elizabeth II and uh, all the football off in the UK this weekend, but we do have a football hour with uh, Brian Kerr and Nathan Murphy and Ken Cunningham on the show. Also, the Sunday paper review with Conor McLeone and Cleena O'Connor in studio and Brian O'Driscoll will discuss retirement from elite level sport will also bring you the best of Golf Weekly. So plenty in tomorrow's show, even if there's not that many games. Of course, there's club championship action in GA as well. Be sure to join Joe tomorrow for some great conversation. If you missed any of the Saturday panel looking back on Leitrim's Connacht title win of 1994 with Martin McHugh, John O'Mahony, and Liam Conlon or any of OTB Football Saturday with Damian Delaney and Shane Keegan this afternoon, you can find the podcasts of our content on the OTB Sports app or be sure to listen back wherever you get your pods. Thanks so much for listening to us this afternoon on your radio here across the nation on News Talk. We'll speak tomorrow at 1. Bye-bye. Football on Off The Ball
0: With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports